this is episode number forty eight. welcome to the neuroscience meets social and emotional learning podcast. my name is andrea samadhi i'm a former educator who's been fascinated with understanding the science behind high performance strategies in schools, sports and the workplace for the past twenty years i've always loved this quote and it just seems relevant today in a time of drastic change like our world today it is the learners who inherit the future the learned those who think they know it all usually find themselves beautifully equipped to live in a world that no longer exists eric hoffer today's episode will focus on some strategies to help you to remain productive at work whether you're working from home or homeschooling your children and working Let's take a look at some evidence-based strategies with the application of the most current, fascinating brain research to help you stay focused. So when all of this chaos that's happening in our world today comes to an end, because it will, you will emerge a stronger, more efficient and knowledgeable with perhaps a different outlook of some new and improved ways of living your life. I just learned some new ways of thinking from Jim Bunch who's known as the ultimate life entrepreneur. He spent years working side by side with Tony Robbins. Jim's mission is to inspire happiness, health, and wealth worldwide. He's the founder of the ultimate game of life app that I've been using for the past 504 days. I'm counting only because my plan was to use the app for 30 days to recover from a surgery and get my workouts back on track. And 504 days later, I realized there was so much more to the app than meets the eye. This week, Jim was talking about some new ways of thinking and reminded us that during these strange times, you'll notice some things that you've been doing that give you energy and make you stronger. Think about what these things are and amplify those activities. Do more of what gives you energy and less of what is draining. You'll notice some things that are becoming obsolete in your life. Notice them and take note of what is replacing them. Are these new ways better than the old way? Be aware of your new way of living and see what you can learn from this time to improve life when it returns to its new normal. What will you keep doing more of and what will you think about changing or deleting? What new strategies and knowledge can you gain? This can be a powerful time of renewal. Before we dive into this week's episode, let's take a closer look at the new brain science of overcoming stress and avoiding work burnout called brain network theory. This is a theory we should all be aware of to increase positivity, reduce stress and anxiety, and increase our work productivity and results. Remember, just like theory of mind from episode 46, this is also a theory. Brain network theory is now being talked about all over the place. So if you follow the most current neuroscience research, I'm sure you've heard about it. There are many books being written on this new brain network theory. I've mentioned Dr. Srini Pillay and his book about using the power of your unfocused mind in past episodes. I've been working closely with Mark Waldman from episode 30 this past week and know that applying brain network theory to our life at this particular point in time can be so powerful. With any theory, just keep an open mind, listen to the ideas, and see how they can fit into your life. So what is brain network theory? If you were to go to pubmed.gov and search for the most recent studies on the brain, instead of looking at different parts of the brain like we used to, 
we now know and study different networks in the brain to gain understanding and we can measure and see the activity in each of these brain networks. Some people use fMRI scans, others use SPECT image scans, but I'm sure you've seen these images that show how different parts of our brain light up when we're doing different things. You will no longer see studies that talk about just individual parts of the brain, like our thalamus or our hippocampus. You will now see images that describe brain networks, nodes, and connectivity. This is a fascinating discovery that comes to life with these images. Just imagine at any particular time you might be resting, thinking or daydreaming, and a different network in your brain will light up. We have hundreds of these networks, but most of them are non-conscious, meaning we're not aware of them. We are only going to talk about three of these networks today for this strategy of increasing productivity. I'll include an image in the show notes that is so far the only visual created on brain network theory. This can be used as a tool for those of us who, like me, prefer a visual of what we're learning. Think of this image as a map or a tool that you can use to organize the networks. Let's take a look at these three networks so you can start to use and apply brain network theory in your daily life. We have the default mode network which is imagination processes like daydreaming, creative problem solving, and mind wandering. This area is significantly larger than the other networks, especially if you look at the image, you'll notice that, possibly because it develops so early in life and plays such an important role in child and brain development. Marty Seligman, the founder of Positive Psychology, calls this the imagination network, because who would ever remember the default mode network anyway? and it involves those thought processes that can include worry, doubts, and fears. Things like when we say to ourselves, don't try that, it didn't work out last time, and so on. Swiss psychologist Piaget called this inner speech, and it can be positive or negative, depending on what you're thinking. This network is important to tap into, as it also contains your ability for creative problem solving. So it doesn't just contain our worries and our fears, but also our ability to move past them. We just need to be mindful of what we're thinking about to prevent the negativity bias from taking over our mind when we get stuck ruminating on negative thoughts instead of positive creative thoughts. Be sure that we're thinking positive thoughts so we don't default into this negative cycle of thinking. This takes practice, but with time does become a habit and so does the ability to tap into the creative mind-wandering zone to solve problems. If you've ever stepped away from your desk to take a break and you got an instant flash of insight to add something else to your presentation or someone to call, this is the imagination network at work. I've also talked about the default mode network in other episodes, as Einstein used it when he created his theory of relativity that came to him first in a dream through his imagination, and then he moved these ideas into the next network. The next network is the central executive network, which holds our conscious decision-making processes like thinking, planning, concentration, taking action in an organized way, and focused attention. This area is in our prefrontal cortex, and we also know it as our executive functions, all of our task-oriented thoughts. If we are not performing a task and we do not have focused attention, 
this area turns off completely and we go right into the imagination network into daydreaming or worrying or creating whatever we're allowing into our thoughts when this network is turned on and we're working and using our focused attention the imagination network is turned off so we can only be in one network at a time that's why it's so important to take breaks to prevent burnout and to allow for creative thoughts to flow into your mind when working on difficult tasks. Finally, there's the salience network that doesn't fully develop until we're around 28 or 30 years old, which holds our awareness, our intuition and compassion processes that integrate and stabilize the other two networks, helping us to develop social awareness, empathy and our values. This network puts the importance on what we're thinking, weighs what is important and helps to balance everything else out. To benefit from brain network theory, we should all develop a deeper understanding of how to go back and forth between the imagination or default mode network and the central executive network or focused attention so that we're using our focused attention for a bit, then taking a break to allow for creativity. By taking breaks from our focus work and using mindful awareness, where we become aware of our thoughts and feelings in the present moment, we observe them without judgment, like John Kabat-Zinn, the American professor and founder of the Center of Mindfulness and Medicine suggests, will be at our highest level of productivity. So how can we apply brain network theory at work? Imagine if you're working on a presentation and you've been sitting at your desk for an hour. I'm sure you've heard this before. We know our brain needs breaks. If you're able to set a timer on your phone to remind you to get up, stand, stretch, walk around, get a glass of water, or go outside for a minute, when you return to your desk to work, you'll feel refreshed and you'll be better prepared mentally to continue your focused attention on completing your work. Think about the map and that you must jump from the thinking focused central executive network in your prefrontal cortex to the imagination default mode network with rest to achieve the balance you need in the salience network where stabilization takes place. When you finish your presentation and you've allowed for breaks, you should feel energized and not drained. What about applying brain network theory with your children while working from home like most of us are these days? A quick glance at my social networks today and I've seen countless images of families who are on day one of working with their children from home while schools are closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. I've seen posts from good friends saying things like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, I'm lost on how to make a lesson plan, and I'm looking for ways to make our days filled with wonder and excitement. I can relate. So be sure to listen to episode 48 with Eric Francis, where he talks about transitioning teaching and learning in the classroom to the home. He offers some stress-free strategies on working with our children at home while sticking to the most current educational pedagogy in the classroom. We're gonna try some of Eric's strategies a bit later today, and I'll be sure to post how they go. Just remember when we're asking our children to give their focused attention, think about brain network theory. Focus will cause brain fatigue, and too much of it depletes your brain of glucose and depletes you. So be sure to allow your children the time to shift back to their imagination network so they can gain insights that are impossible during focus times. Allow them time to get up, walk around, go outside, take short breaks every hour to keep them being as productive as they could possibly be. 
some final thoughts as we're navigating this new and uncharted territory in our lives. Just remember that this time will pass and we can be sure that we use the time we've been given during these difficult times to figure out what we're going to enhance and do more of. What will we also find to be obsolete? Don't get caught up into thinking we have to do everything perfectly. Todd Woodcroft, the assistant coach to the Winnipeg Jets mentioned in episode 38 that when we are embracing the daily grind, which right now is our new normal, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a daily grind, but at the end of the rainbow, the success is worth all that mud, all that grease and effort. When things become difficult, just keep the bigger picture in mind. I'm looking forward to your thoughts of applying brain network theory to your daily life and hearing what's working for you, what will you amplify moving forward, and what is becoming obsolete.